Oh dear Vaishnava assembly of devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios of the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're trying to sustain our effort to broadcast the Shabda Brahma, the transcendental sound of Srila Prabhupada's books, especially his purports, which give us gives us advice, lessons, instructions, examples of how to live a spiritual life in this contaminated material world. And it begins here, uh, on every page of his books practically. He says, it begins here, hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord and the glories of the pure devotees, which is what uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam consists of. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram, uh, written by Srila Sanatana Goswami, uh, after he heard directly instructions from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally for more than two months. Um, it glorifies the Bhagavatam and explains to us what it is. It goes like this. Sarva Shastra Dipiyusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandotitaditya Sri Krishna Paribartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varsakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madmangaro Madgaro Man Mahadana Manistadaga Madbhagya Mad Ananda Namostute My only friend, <coughs> my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dayin Atini Chochatakada Hanamunchakadachin Mam Premna Rit Kantajokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya.
Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we've reached the fifth chapter of the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Very important chapter. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Rishabhadev's teachings to his sons. We're beginning, we're in the middle of the teachings. We're, in, we're, on, we're beginning on text 27. The true activity of the sense organs, mind, sight, words, and all the knowledge gathering and working senses is to engage fully in my service. Unless his senses are thus engaged, a living entity cannot think of getting out of the great entanglement of material existence, which is exactly like Yamaraja's stringent rope. <clears throat> Purport. As stated in the Narda Pancharatra, Sarvopadi vinir muktam tatpadat nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktar uchite. This is the conclusion of bhakti. All the time, Lord Rishabhadev has been stressing devotional service, and now he is concluding by saying that all the senses should be engaged in the Lord's service. There are five senses by which we gather knowledge and five senses with which we work. These ten senses and the mind should be fully engaged in the Lord's service. Without engaging them in this way, one cannot get out of the clutches of Maya. Text 28. Shukadeva Goswami said, Thus the great well-wisher of everyone, the Supreme Lord Rishabhadev, instructed his own sons. Although they were perfectly educated and cultured, he instructed them just to set an example of how a father should instruct his sons before retiring from family life. Sannyasis, who are no longer bound by fruitive activity and who have taken to devotional service after all their material desires have been vanquished, also learn by these instructions. Lord Vishabhadev instructed his 100 sons, of whom the eldest, Bharat, was a very advanced devotee and a follower of Vaishnavas. In order to rule the whole world, the Lord enthroned his eldest son on the royal seat. Thereafter, Although still at home, Lord Vishabhadev lived like a madman, naked and with disheveled hair. Then the Lord took the sacrificial fire within himself and he left Brahmabharata to tour the whole world. Purport Actually, the instructions given to Lord Vishabhadev's sons were not exactly meant for his sons because they were already educated and highly advanced in knowledge. Rather, these instructions were meant for sannyasis who intend to become advanced devotees. Sannyasis must abide by Lord Rishabhadev's teachings while on the path of devotional service. Lord Rishabhadev retired from family life 
and lived like a naked madman, even while still with his family. Text 29 After accepting the feature of Avaduta, a great saintly person without material cares, Lord Rishabhadev passed through human society like a blind, deaf, and dumb man, an idle stone, a ghost, or a madman. Although people called him such names, he remained silent and did not speak to anyone. Purport <clears throat> The word Abhaduta refers to one who does not care for social conventions, as particularly the Varnasham Dharma, but who is situated within himself, fully satisfied by meditating on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In other words, one who has surpassed the rules and regulations of Varnasham Dharma is called Avaduta. Such a person has already surpassed the clutches of Maya and he lives completely separate and independent. Text 30 Vishabhadev began to tour through cities, villages, mines, countrysides, valleys, gardens, military camps, cow pens, the homes of cowherd men, transient hotels, hills, forests, and hermitages. Wherever he traveled, all bad elements surrounded him, just as flies surround the body of an elephant coming from a forest. He was always being threatened, beaten, urinated upon, and spat upon. Sometimes people threw stones, stool, and dust at him, and sometimes people passed foul air before him. Thus people called him many bad names and gave him a great deal of trouble. But he did not care about this, for he, for he understood that the body is simply meant for such an end. <laughs> he was situated on the spiritual platform, and being in his spiritual glory, he did not care for all these material insults. In other words, he completely understood that matter and spirit are separate, and he had no bodily conception. Thus, without being angry at anyone, he walked through the whole world alone. Purport Naratam Das Thakur says, Deha Smriti Nahiyar Sangsara Bandana Kahan Tar. When a person fully realizes that the material body and world are temporary, he is not concerned with pain and pleasures of the body. As, as Sri Krishna advises in Bhagavad Gita 2.14, Matras Parshas Tukonteya Shitoshna Sukaduka Daha Agama Paino Nityas Tangs Titikshaswa Bharata. O son of Kunti, the non permanent appearance of happiness and distress and their disappearance in due course are like the appearance and disappearance of winter and summer seasons. They arise from sense perception, O scion of Bharat, and one must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed. As far as Rishabhadeva is concerned, it has already been explained 
idam shuridam mama durvi bhavyam. He did not at all possess a material body, and therefore he was tolerant of all the trouble offered to him by the bad elements in society. Consequently, he could tolerate people's throwing stool and dust upon him and beating him. His body was transcendental and consequently did not at all suffer pain. He was always situated in his spiritual bliss. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 1861, The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, O Arjuna, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy. Since the Lord is situated in everyone's heart, He is in the heart of dogs and hogs also. If hogs and dogs in their material bodies live in filthy places, one should not think that the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His Paramatma feature also lives in a filthy place. Although Lord Rishabhadeva was maltreated by the bad elements of the world, he was not at all affected. Therefore it is stated here, Sumahima Abastanena, Ivastanena. He was situated in his own glory. He was never saddened due to being insulted in the many ways described above. Text 31 Lord Vishabhadeva's hands and feet, his chest, his very long arms, his shoulders, his face and every part of his body were all very delicate and symmetrically proportioned. His mouth was beautifully decorated with his natural smile and he appeared all the more lovely with his reddish eyes spread wide like the petals of a newly grown lotus flower covered with dew in the early morning. The irises of his eyes were so pleasing that they removed all the troubles of everyone who saw them. His forehead, ears, neck, nose and all his other features were very beautiful. His gentle smile always made his face beautiful, so much so that even attracted that he even attracted the hearts of married women. It was as though they had been pierced by arrows of Cupid. About his head was an abundance of curly and matted brown hair. His hair was disheveled because his body was dirty and not taken care of. He appeared as if he were haunted by a ghost. Purport <clears throat> Although Lord Rishabhadeva's body was very much neglected, his transcendental features were so attractive that even married women were attracted to him. His beauty and dirtiness combined to make his beautiful body appear as though it were haunted by a ghost. Text 32 When Lord Vishabhadeva saw that the general populace was very antagonistic to his execution of mystic yoga, he accepted the behavior of a python in order to counteract their opposition. Thus, he stayed in one place and lay down. 
while lying down, he ate and drank, and he passed stool and urine and rolled in it. Indeed, he smeared his whole body with his own stool and urine, so that opposing elements might not come and disturb him. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Purport. According to one's destiny, one enjoys a lot of happiness and distress, even though one keeps himself in one place. This is the injunction of the Shastras. When one is spiritually situated, he may stay in one place, and all his necessities will be supplied by the arrangement of the Supreme Controller. Unless one is a preacher, there is no need to travel all over the world. A person can stay in one place and execute devotional service suitably according to time and circumstance. When Rishabhadev saw that he was simply being disturbed by traveling throughout the world, he decided to lie down in one place like a python. Thus he ate, drank, and he passed stool and urine and smeared his body with them so that people would not disturb him. Text 33 Because Lord Vishabhadev remained in that condition, the public did not disturb him, but no bad aroma emanated from his stool and urine. Quite the contrary, the stool and urine were so aromatic that they filled 80 miles of the countryside with a pleasant, fair fragrance. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Purport. From this we can certainly assume that Lord Rishabhadev was transcendentally blissful. His stool and urine were so completely different from material stool and urine that they were aromatic. Even in the material world, cow dung is accepted as purified and antiseptic. A person can keep stacks of cow dung in one place and it will not create a bad order to disturb anyone. We, we can take it for granted that in the spiritual world, stool and urine are also pleasantly scented. Indeed, the entire atmosphere became very pleasant due to Lord Vishabhadev's stool and urine. Text 34 In this way, Lord Vishabhadev followed the behavior of cows, deer, and crows. Sometimes he moved or walked, and sometimes he sat down in one place. Sometimes he lay down, behaving exactly like cows, deer, and crows. In that way, he ate, drank, passed stool and urine, and cheated the people in this way. Purport Being the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishabhadev possessed a transcendental spiritual body. Since the general public could not appreciate his behavior and mystic yoga practice, they began to disturb him. To cheat them, he behaved like crows, cows, and deer. Text 35 O King Parikshit, just to show all the yogis the mystic process, Lord Vishabhadev, the plenary expansion of Lord Krishna, performed wonderful activities. Actually, he was a master of liberation and was fully absorbed in transcendental bliss, which increased a thousandfold. 
Lord Krishna, Vasudeva, the son of Vasudeva, is the original source of Lord Rishabhadeva. There is no difference in their constitution. And consequently, Lord Rishabhadeva awakened the loving symptoms of crying, laughing, and shivering. He was always absorbed in transcendental love. Due to this, all mystic powers automatically approached him, such as the ability to travel in outer space at the speed of mind, to appear and disappear, to enter the bodies of others, and to see things far, far away. Although he could do all this, he did not exercise these powers. Purport In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya 19.149, it is said, Krishna Bhakta Nishkama Ateva Shanta Bhukti Muddhi Siddhi Kami Sakali Ashanta The word Shanta means completely peaceful. Unless one's desires are fulfilled, one cannot be peaceful. Everyone is trying to fulfill his aspirations and desires, be they material or spiritual. Those in the material world are ashanta, without peace, because they have so many desires to fulfill. The pure devotee, however, is without desire. Anya bilashita shunya. A pure devotee is completely free from all kinds of material desire. Karmis, on the other hand, are simply full of desires because they try to enjoy sense gratification. They are not peaceful in this life, nor in the next, during the past, present, or future. Similarly, jnanis are always aspiring after liberation and trying to become one with the Supreme. Yogis are aspiring after many cities, powers, anima, lagima, praptis, and so on. However, a devotee is not at all interested in these things because he is fully dependent on the mercy of Krishna. Krishna is Yogeshwar, the possessor of all mystic powers, cities, and he is Atmarama, fully self-satisfied. The yoga cities are described in this verse. One can fly in outer space without the aid of a machine, and he can travel at the speed of mind. This means that as soon as a yogi desires to go somewhere within this universe, or even beyond this universe, he can do so immediately. One cannot estimate the speed of mind, for within a second the mind can go many millions of miles. Sometimes yogis enter into the bodies of other people and act as they desire when their bodies are not working properly. When the body becomes old, a perfect yogi can find a young, able body. Giving up his old body, the yogi can enter into the young body and act as he pleases. <laughs> Being a plenary expansion of Lord Vasudeva, Lord Vishabhadeva possessed all these mystic yogi, yoga powers, but he was satisfied with his devotional love of Krishna, which was evinced by the ecstatic symptoms such as crying, laughing, and shivering. Thus, end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fifth canto, fifth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Lord Vishabhadev's 
teachings to his sons. All glories to Lord Vishabhadev. Please don't try to imitate Lord Vishabhadev. Hare Krishna. Glories to Srila Srinashingadev. And all of the other incarnations of Krishna which were contained within Lord Vishabhadev. Okay, we're going on to chapter 6. The activities of Lord Vishabhadev. This chapter tells how Lord Vishabhadev left his body. He was not attached to his body, even when it was being burned, burned up in a forest fire. When the seed of fruitive activity is burned by the fire of knowledge, the spiritual properties and mystic powers are automatically manifest. Yet, Bhakti Yoga is not affected by these mystic powers. An ordinary yogi is captivated by mystic powers and his progress checked. Therefore, a perfect yogi does not welcome them because the mind is restless and undependable. It must remain always under control. Even the mind of the advanced yogi, Saubari, created such a disturbance that he lost his yoga, yogic mystic powers. Due to his restless mind, even a very advanced yogi can fall down. The mind is so restless that it induces even a perfect yogi to be controlled by the senses. Therefore, Lord Rishabhadeva, for the instruction of all yogis, showed the process of quitting the body. While traveling in South India through the province of Karnata, Konka, Venka, and Kutaka, Lord Rishabhadeva arrived at the in the neighborhood of Kutakachala. Suddenly there was a forest fire that burned the forest and Lord Rishabhadeva's body to ashes. The pastimes of Lord Rishabhadeva as a liberated soul, were known by the king of Konka, Venka, and Kutaka. This king's name was Arhat. He later became captivated by the illusory energy. And in this condition, he set forth the basic principles of Jainism. Lord Vishabhadev set forth the principles of religion that can free one from material bondage. And he put an end to all kinds of atheistic activities. On this earth, the place known as Bharat Barsha was a very pious land because the Supreme Lord appeared there when he wanted to incarnate. Lord Vishabhadeva neglected all the mystic powers for which the so-called yogis hanker. Because of the beauty of devotional service, devotees are not at all interested in so-called mystic power. The master of all yogic power Lord Krishna can exhibit all powers on behalf of his devotee. Devotional service is more valuable than yogic mystic powers. Devotees who are sometimes misled aspire for liberation and mystic powers. The Supreme Lord gives these devotees whatever they desire, but they cannot attain the most important function of devotional service. Devotional service to the Lord is guaranteed for those who do not desire liberation and mystic power. Text 1. That's just the introduction. Ooh. 
King Parikshit asked Shukadev Goswami, My dear Lord, for those who are completely pure in heart, knowledge is the t- <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> My dear Lord, for those who are completely pure in heart, knowledge is attained by the practice of bhakti yoga, and attachment for fruitive activity is completely burned to ashes. For such people, the powers of mystic yoga automatically arise. They do not cause distress. Why then did Rishabhadev neglect them? Purport. A pure devotee is constantly engaged in the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Whatever is necessary for the discharge of devotional service is automatically attained. Though it may appear to be the result of mystic yoga power, sometimes a yogi displays a little yogic power by manufacturing gold. A little quantity of gold captivates foolish people and thus the yogi gets many followers who are willing to accept such a tiny person as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such a yogi may also advertise himself as Bhagavan. However, a devotee does not have to exhibit such magical wonders. Without practicing the mystic yoga pra- yogic process, he achieves even greater opulence all over the world. Under the circumstances, Lord Rishabhadev refused to manifest mystic yogic perfections and Maharaj Parikshit asked why he did not accept them since for a devotee they are not at all disturbing. A devotee is never distressed or satisfied by material opulence. His concern is how to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If, by the grace of the Supreme Lord, a devotee achieves extraordinary opulence, he utilizes the opportunity for the Lord's service. He is not disturbed by the opulence. Text 2 Srila Shukadeva Goswami replied, My dear King, you have spoken correctly. However, after after capturing animals, a cunning hunter does not put faith in them, for they might run away. Similarly, those who are advanced in spiritual life do not put faith in the mind. Indeed, they always are made vigilant and watch the mind's action. Purport In Bhagavad Gita 18.5, Lord Krishna says, Yajyadana tapak karma natyajyam karyam evatat yajyodanam tapas chaiva pavanani manishinam Acts of sacrifice, charity and penance are not to be given up but should be, but should be performed. Indeed, sacrifice, charity and penance purify even the great souls. Even one who has renounced the world and has taken sannyas should not renounce chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Renunciation does not mean that one has to renounce Sankirtan Yajna. Similarly, one should not renounce charity or tapasya. The yoga system for control of the mind and senses must be strictly followed. 
Lord Rishabhadev showed how severe types of tapasya could be performed and he set an example for all others. Text 3 All the learned scholars have given their opinion. The mind is by nature very restless and one should not make friends with it. If we place full confidence in the mind, it may cheat us at any moment. Even Lord Shiva became agitated upon seeing the Mohini form of Lord Krishna, and Sobari Muni also fell down from the mature stage of yogic perfection. Purport The first business of one trying to advance in spiritual life is to control the mind and senses. As Sri Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 15.7 Mamai Vangsho Jiva Loke Jiva Bhutak Sanatanaha Manak Shastranindriyani Prakriti Stani Karshati Although the living entities are part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and are therefore in a transcendental position, they are still suffering in this material world and struggling for existence due to the mind and the senses. To get out of this false struggle for existence and become happy in the material world, one has to control the mind and senses and be detached from material conditions. One should never neglect austerities and penances. One should always perform them. Lord Rishabhadev personally showed us how to do this. In the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, 9.19.17 It is specifically stated Matra Swasra Tuhitra Va Naivivik Tasano Babet Balavan Indriya Gramo Vidmangsang Apikarshati A Grihasta, Vanaprastha, Sannyasi and Brahmachari should, very, should be very careful when associating with women. One is forbidden to sit down in a solitary place even with one's mother, sister or daughter. In our Christian consciousness movement, it has been very difficult to disassociate ourselves from women in our society, especially in Western countries. We are therefore sometimes criticized. But nonetheless, we are trying to give everyone a chance to chant the Hare Krishna, Mahamantra, and thus advance spiritually. If we stick to the principle of chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra offenselessly, then by the grace of Srila Haridas Thakur, we may be saved from the allurement of women. However, if we are not very strict in chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, we may at any time fall victim to women. Text 4 An unchaste woman is very easily carried away by paramours and it sometimes happens that her husband is violently killed by her paramours. If the yogi gives his ch mind a chance and does not restrain it, his mind will, be, will give facility to enemies like lust, anger and greed and they will doubtlessly kill the yogi. Purport in this verse, the word Pungchali refers to a woman who is easily carried away by men. 
Such a woman is never to be trusted. Unfortunately, in the present age, women are never controlled. According to the directions of the Shastras, women are never to be given freedom. When a child, a woman must be strictly controlled by her father. When she is young, she must be strictly controlled by her husband. And when she is old, she must be controlled by her elderly sons. If she is given independence and allowed to mingle unrestrictedly with men, she will be spoiled. A spoiled woman, being manipulated by paramours, might even kill her husband. This example is given here because a yogi desiring to get free from material conditions must always keep his mind under control. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to say that in the morning our first business should be to beat the mind with shoes a hundred times and before going to bed to beat the mind a hundred times with a broomstick. In this way one's mind can be kept under control. An uncontrolled mind and an unchaste wife are the same. An unchaste wife can kill her husband at any time and an uncontrolled mind followed by lust, anger, greed, madness, envy and illusion can certainly kill the yogi. When the yogi is controlled by the mind, he falls down into the material condition. One should be very careful of the mind, just as a husband should be very careful of an unchaste wife. Text 5 The mind is the root cause of lust, anger, pride, greed, lamentation, illusion, and fear. Combined, these constitute bondage to fruitive activity. What learned man would put faith in the mind? Purport The mind is the original cause of material bondage. It is followed by many enemies, such as anger, pride, greed, lamentation, illusion, and fear. The best way to control the mind is to engage it always in Krishna consciousness. Savai manat krishna padara vindayo since the followers of the mind bring about material bondage, we should be very careful not to trust the mind. Text 6 Lord Vishabhadev was the head of all kings and emperors within this universe. But assuming the dress and language of an avaduta, he acted as if dull and materially bound. Consequently, no one could observe his divine opulence. He adopted this behavior just to teach yogis how to give up the body. Nonetheless, he maintained his original position as a plenary expansion of Lord Vasudeva, Krishna. Remaining always in that state, he gave up his pastimes as Lord Rishabhadev within the material world. If Following in the footsteps of Lord Rishabhadev, one can give up his subtle body. There is no chance that one will accept a material body again. Purport As Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 4.9 Janma karma chame divyam evangyo viti tatvataha 
Chaktva de Hampunar Janma, Naiti Mam, Eti Sorjana. One who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material world, but attains my eternal abode, O Arjuna. This is possible simply by keeping oneself an eternal servant of the Supreme Lord. One must understand his constitutional position and the constitutional position of the Supreme Lord as well. Both have the same spiritual identity. Maintaining oneself as a servant of the Supreme Lord, one should avoid, one should avoid rebirth in this material world. If one keeps himself spiritually fit and thinks of himself as an eternal servant of the Supreme Lord, he will be successful at the time he has, he has to give up the material body. Text 7 Actually, Lord Rishabhadeva had no material body, but due to Yoga Maya, he considered his body material, and therefore, because he played like an ordinary human being, he gave up the mentality of identifying it, of identifying it with it, Say that again. He played like an ordinary human being. He gave up the mentality of identifying with it. Following this principle, he began to wander all over the world. While traveling, he came to the province of Karnata in South India and passed through Konka, Venka, and Kutaka. He had no plan to travel this way, but he arrived near Kutakachala and entered a forest there. He placed stones within his mouth and began to wander through the forest, naked, with his hair disheveled like a madman. Text 8 While he was wandering about, a wild forest fire began. This fire was caused by the friction of bamboos, which were being blown by the wind. At that in that fire, the entire forest near Kutakachala, and the body of Lord Rishavadev were burnt to ashes. Purport Such a forest fire can burn the external bodies of animals, but Lord Rishavadev was not burned, although he apparently seemed so. Lord Rishavadev is the supersoul of all living entities within the forest, and his soul is never burned by fire. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Adayo yam, the soul is never burned by fire. Due to Lord Rishabhadev's presence, all the animals in the forest were also liberated from material engagement. Text 9 Chukadev Goswami continued speaking to Maharaj Pariksit. My dear king, the king of Konka, Venka, and Kutaka, whose name was Arhat, heard of the activities of Rishabhadev and, imitating Rishabhadeva's principles, introduced a new system of religion. Taking advantage of Kali Yuga, the age of sinful activity, King Arhat, being bewildered, gave up the Vedic principles, which are free from risk, and concocted a new system of religion opposed to the Vedas. 
that was the beginning of the Jain Dharma. Many other so-called religions followed this atheistic system. Purport When Lord Sri Krishna was present on this planet, a person named Paundraka imitated the four-handed Narayana and declared himself the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He desired to compete with Krishna. Similarly, during the time of Lord Rishabhadev, the king of Konka and Venka acted like a Paramahamsa and imitated Lord Rishabhadev. He introduced a system of religion and took advantage of the fallen condition of the people in this age of Kali. It is said in Vedic literature that people in this age will be more inclined to accept anyone as the Supreme Lord and accept any religious system opposed to Vedic principles. The people in this age are described as mandak, sumanda, matayaha. Generally, they have no spiritual culture and therefore they are very fallen. Due to this, they will accept any religious system. Due to their misfortune, they forget the Vedic principles. Following non-Vedic principles in this age, they think themselves the Supreme Lord and thus spread the cult of atheism all over the world. Text 10 People who are lowest among men and bewildered by the illusory energy of the Supreme Lord will give up the original Varnasham Dharma and its rules and regulations. They will abandon bathing three times daily and worshipping the Lord. Abandoning cleanliness and neglecting the Supreme Lord, they will, be not, they will accept nonsensical principles. Not regularly bathing or washing their mouths regularly, they will always remain unclean and they will pluck out their hair Following a concocted religion, they will flourish. During this age of Kali, people are more inclined to irreligious systems. Consequently, these people will naturally deride Vedic authority, the followers of Vedic authority, the Brahmanas, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the devotees. So this brings me to 748. And I'm going to stop here, and we're going to repeat text 10 again for our upliftment and purification. So we'll start tomorrow at text 10. Hare Krishna. End our reading for tonight. And wait now for the reflections of the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. First, we have from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj and all assembled sages. Jai Maharaj, Jai Srimad Bhagavatam and Jai Srila Prabhupada. Srimad Bhagavatam ki Jai. jai. Divine Grace Srila Prabhupada ki Jai. jai. Rati Manjuri. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, so blissful to see and hear you yet again. 
Thank Hare you for Krishna, Hari Bol. Thank you for sharing your wealth with us without discrimination. Hare Krishna. Bhakti Peter. Hari Bol Bhakti Peter. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Are yogic mystic powers useless for the service of the Lord? Have or can they ever been dovetailed in devotional service? Yes, they can. anything can be dovetailed in devotional service. Uh, you know, it doesn't come to my mind immediately. Uh, my mind's getting a little old, actually. <laughs> but there are times when devotees have used the mystic powers in devotional service. I'll give you an example, although it may not be exactly the same as what you're thinking. In 1975, we traveled down from Mayapur with Srila Prabhupada after the uh, largest to date uh, Mayapur festival. And we traveled down to Hyderabad to be with Prabhupada while he was cultivating the big people to build a new temple in Hyderabad. And there was a Pandal program out there. And at least, oh, 10 to 20,000 people were in this Pandal. And they had a big dais set up. And there were lots of us Western devotees sitting at the feet of Prabhupada on this dais in front of him. And at the end of the lecture, which was a fabulous lecture, they set up a microphone in the front of the you know, crowd. And they, the sannyasis took uh, questions written down. And they would filter them so they wouldn't get crazy questions. And then they would be allowed, the person would be allowed to go up to the microphone and ask P P Prabhupada a question. So this one guy comes up and he asks Prabhupada, Prabhupada, can you show us a miracle? And Prabhupada didn't hesitate for a second as he never did. He, he moved his hand like this and he said, this is my miracle. And he pointed to all of us and the whole crowd went berserk. They were, they were shouting, Hare Bol, Hare Krishna, and roaring. It was an amazing experience. We were all like, our hair was standing on end. It was just an unbelievable experience. So that's the real exhibition of, of mystic power that the pure devotee has. He can change the hearts of people that he meets by, just by the sound vibration of his voice. So for that reason, we don't need to show mystic powers because whatever the, the devotee desires, Krishna uh, activates. So we don't look for those mystic powers, but they come to those who are actually completely pure without their asking. But the devotees are not interested in them. They're not interested in using them at all, because they're satisfied with their pure devotional activities in devotional service. Hare Krishna. And as Prabhupada went all around the world and spread the chanting of Hare Krishna all over the world, no one had ever done it before, and making devotees, pure devotees, no one had ever done it before. And now many of his sincere followers are continuing to do that. That is the supreme mystic power. Hare Krishna. He also asks, How or in what mood should we pray to Lord Rishabhadev?
We should pray for pure, loving devotional service. That's it. Hare Krishna. He says, thank you for reading to us this evening. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. He says, thank you for giving us such enlivening answers. Hare Krishna. I'm just sitting here trying my best. Hare Krishna. I'm just a little jiva soul rattling around in this material world. Hare Krishna. But I was identifying with some of the things that Prabhupada was saying because here we are in one place, just a little two-bedroom flat tucked away in a very small village in the south of England. And yet the atmosphere is very nice and every, we, don't, we don't ask anybody for anything and yet everything is provided, just like it said in the book. Hare Krishna. Vilas Manjari Dasi. Yes, Vilas Manjari. Dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. What does it mean to give up the subtle body? Well, the soul is covered by the subtle body and the gross body. Just like we have our cloth, we have an outer covering, and then we have underwear. Right? So the subtle body is like the underwear, and the, and the gross body is like our outward body, uh, dress. So when a person is fully Krishna conscious, he stops identifying with the subtle body. He's inside serving Krishna with his pure uh, mind and pure soul, pure senses. We, we have pure senses, pure mind, pure uh, spiritual body. But it's now been atomized, means shrunk down into very small size, and it is emanating consciousness, which is activating the material senses, including the mind, the subtle body of mind, intelligence, and false ego, and the working and uh, knowledge-acquiring senses. But a, a, a liberated person it keeps himself engaged inside in serving the Lord, mainly chanting Hare Krishna, and thinking of the pastimes of the Lord, and hankering to enter into the pastimes of the Lord, and with his body, he performs devotional service at every moment of the day in some way or another. In this way, he becomes detached from the gross and the subtle bodies. And that's what it means. Hare Krishna. One from Dhyalni Thai Das. Yes, Dalni Thai, Hare Krishna. Dear Srila Guru Maharaj, please accept my obeisance. Thank you for tonight's reading. Hare Krishna. With your permission, what could be the significance if Lord Rishabhadev, of Lord Rishabhadev putting pebbles in his mouth while entering the forest? Is it related to a vow of not speaking or is there some other reason? Thank you. It doesn't say. It doesn't say and therefore I don't want to speculate. I don't want to make something up. I mean, have you tried to talk to people with a, with a bunch of pebbles in your mouth? Probably wouldn't it be a very easy, easy thing to do. 
he was trying to keep himself aloof. So what better way than to fill your mouth full of stones? Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjuri. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and to Lord Rishabhadev. Could you please... I think this is meant to say. Could you please explain the significance as to why the Lord would place stones within his mouth? <laughs> anyway, I just answered that question. <laughs> Hare Krishna, thank you again. <clears throat> is this from Ameyatma Das? Yes, Ameyatma, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you very much for sharing that amazing anecdote about Srila Prabhupada. I, would, sorry, I was thinking also of the time he saved the deities in London when the altar was about to collapse. Yes. Srila Prabhupada exhibit, exhibited superhuman strength to do so. Mystic power, you could say. Yes, exactly true. Thank you for that, Amiyatma Prabhu. That's a very nice example. Subhrao Rajagopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. Similar to Lord Rishabhadev, even Gaurakishore Das Babaji Maharaj used to live in such places where general public would not come and disturb them, because Gaurakishore Babaji Maharaj wanted that way. In this time and age, we are very judgmental about appearance and behavior. How do we cultivate the non-judgmental mentality? How do you cultivate the non-judgmental mentality? By following the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. When you receive this knowledge, you will not, you will no longer be subjected to falling into illusion, because you will see that all living beings are but a part of the supreme, or in other words, Krishna says they are mine. So the way to to avoid that is to see the living being belongs to Krishna. To remember that Krishna is in the heart of all living beings and that He is uh, kind and uh, the sanctioner of all the living beings' activities. He's in the atom of, uh, of, of all, every atom in the universe. And by, the, by that uh, function of time, the material elements come together and, and break apart in forms that are that are uh, arranged in a way to satisfy the desires of the conditioned souls. So when you remember those things, when you can remember this philosophy, the science of Krishna consciousness during the day, then you will be relieved from those mental problems. By the grace of the Lord. Desire. Desire brought us into this material world and desire will, will take us out of the material world. By practicing Krishna consciousness, we develop the, the art and the desire to go back to the spiritual world and associate with the Lord's personally and His ever-liberated pure devotees. And in the meantime, 
we work hard to try to convince other conditioned souls to do the same. And then we become relieved from all kinds of uh, agitations of the mind and misunderstandings and misgivings. Hare Krishna. He says, another question. What exactly did Prabhupada mean by beating the mind, a subtle entity, in the morning and night? It's, it, it's obviously poetic. It's a poetic description. I don't know whether you've ever experienced it, but you know sometimes when I'm uh, dreaming at night and my mind starts to do something nonsense, I just yell inside. I say, no, forget it. Leave me alone. And it stops immediately. So it's this way of poetic way of saying, you have to chastise the mind. You have to control your mind and not let your mind go just anywhere and everywhere at, at, at its whim and carry you to do something that's not proper, that isn't according to the laws of nature. That's what it means. Hare Krishna. And now or you can imagine yourself hitting your mind with a, with a stick. Why not? Of course, in order to do that, you have to realize that you're not your mind. If you're thinking you are your mind, then how can you beat it with a stick? He's not asking you to beat yourself with a stick. He's asking the soul to beat the mind with a stick. To, to, it's an it's a exaggerated, poetic expression that shows that the soul is different than the mind. And that the mind must be controlled by the soul. Hare Krishna. Now from Rati. Yes, Rati. Tonight we heard many stern reminders of how we should not trust the mind. The impure mind is compared to an unchaste woman who can be carried away by many paramours. And those paramours can even kill the husband. I, meaning my unchaste mind, does not like to hear such instructions very much. Yet they are so instructive and so, and so for my own rectification and education, I am choosing this important jewel. Thank you to very show, much. To show, Thank you. to show it to the Vaishnavas in appreciation. Thank you very much. We agree with you 100%. She says, I also liked this part in Bhagavad Gita 18.5. Lord Krishna says, Yagyadana tapa karma natyajam karyamevatat yagyadanam tapaschaiva pavanani manishinam. Acts of sacrifice, charity, and penance are not to be given up, but should be performed. Indeed, sacrifice, charity, and penance purify even the great souls. Even one who has renounced the world and has taken sannyas should not renounce chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Yes. Renunciation does not mean that one has to renounce Sankirtan Yagya. Exactly. Yuga Dharma. That's the Yuga Dharma. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for those lovely reflections and uh, mining the jewels and bringing them out 
So if we go look at them again and be enlivened and reminded and sometimes maybe even agitated because it's hard to hear sometimes the truth, but the truth will set you free. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. She adds, This part reminded me of His Holiness Kadambakanana Swami, who would not give up chanting his 16 rounds even in the last days of his life. What a powerful example of determination and loyalty to his vows. Yes, absolutely. And for the benefit of you, who I already told you this today, but for the benefit of others who may not know it, Jai Dwaita Maharaj Pint was staying in his room and he was there the last days of his life and they were listening together to the audiobook of the Chaitanya Charitamrita that I recorded for the BBT. So I was very delighted to hear that because that way what, a service that I did was you know, helpful to exalted souls. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic as we hear the end of the, of, or, or the, the, the ramifications and the subtleties of Vishabdeva's activities. Hare Krishna.